0: This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. I Podcast episodes were the number of times more dense that Venus's atmosphere is than Earth's. You'd know this has to be episode ninety-two of the Harmonious Gentleman. Cool. How's it going, guys? That's uh, that's not a true fact. According to no, I'm just kidding. I want to see your face. No, <laughs> I'm like oh, I <laughs> you did just, I just did fact you. check it. I was just yeah. testing. Yeah. So I don't know what causes that because it's a smaller planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not a gravitational thing. It just, just depends on what makes up. Or the
1: nature of the gases. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's not a place you'd want to go.
1: Do you guys know what the most prevalent gas in our atmosphere is?
0: Yes, I do. Tyler, yeah. I'll let you go uh, first. Nitrogen. Nailed it. Nailed it. Seventy eight percent. Yeah, by far.
1: Well I'm uh I'm Graham.
2: I'm Tyler.
0: I'm Chris.
1: Uh, Let's just say this right off the bat, Tyler. We're on your front porch again. You guys are back.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. Do you guys hear the
0: chickadees and the geese? I saw a woodpecker earlier. Nice. Nice. I heard one. Did you? Yeah. Probably the same one. Probably. Good chance. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So tonight is our first ever annual, maybe annual, (laughs) first ever annual book study. First of many. We're going to do a book club tonight and we already built up to this for a few episodes. The wisdom of your body we're going to discuss. How was the book, Chris? It was good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would say good. Okay, Tyler? I would say, <laughs> I don't want to just say good, but <laughs> I would say between between good and excellent. Whoa. Wow! I would say between okay and good. Yeah, a little bit- look at us. Yeah, I
1: told you I'm a centrist every time. <laughs> and we did a poll asking our listeners to guess who would enjoy the book the most.
2: We did. Are and the results in? The results are in. And uh, so this was just on Instagram. I put a picture of... Uh, Me reading the book, and then book club episode coming soon, and then which gent will like this book the most? Mm -hmm. So our followers responded, and they said Chris, thirty-one percent, thirty-one percent of the. uh, That's less than a third. Mm -hmm. Thought Chris would like it the most. You must not wait a minute. Nineteen, nineteen percent for Graham. Okay, and that leaves fifty percent for me. Oh, so Tyler
1: did win. Wow. Yeah, and they nailed it because they actually based they on win. our
2: based on our very quick, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do people review? just listen to this and what? just they know
1: exactly what we're going to say at any given time? Like, how many times did
2: you vote, Tyler? Yeah, <laughs> zero. Oh. And I didn't know what you guys thought about the book, so yeah. I wouldn't have known what to do. That's I great. voted so that I could see what the yeah. numbers were. Well, here, very quick. What would yeah. you have, having read it, mm-hmm. like I would have guessed, Chris or myself?
1: Do you guys oh. not think that I'm deep enough to appreciate a book like this? We'll get into it.
0: Yeah. I can I have a good reason why I n- knew you wouldn't like it as much as me. Okay. But I also voted that Tyler would like it the most. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Cool. So well, that's the end of our book review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Email us. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode.
1: Hey guys, before we get to the recommendations, can I just can we plug a, a blind man thing coming up next week? Yeah. As of this episode dropping in one week's time. There is a patio party at Blind Man happening mm-hmm. May thirteenth next week. The s- not the same day, the week after. The week after,
0: okay.
2: So after this comes out,
0: like next week. Yeah, all gotcha.
1: it starts at like <laughs> I forget like one o'clock or noon. Goes all day. So go check it out. Yeah, it yeah.
2: looks like a really cool event. Yeah, yeah.
0: My band is playing at it, and uh, your band, Blind Man Beer. Hmm. And maybe two of the gentlemen. We watching could even you. all
1: be there. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: I think I'll be there. I think I'm planning on coming. This is going to be the best day ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thanks, Hans. Thanks, Hans. All right. right, Should
2: we recommend other things? Yeah. Heck yes.
0: These recommendations are brought to you by Cilantro and Chive, serving up fresh, simple eats while supporting their community and spreading the love.
2: You guys normally recommend, one of you would normally recommend a show, but I'm going to steal the show today for my recommendation. Uh, I watched an a show called the bear um with with Krista uh, uh, we probably finished a couple months ago, and I think it 's in my top three shows of all time whoa like it's it's very good it's keep in a, mind he 's only ever watched five shows but yeah. still yes but this is' in the top top sixty percent sixty percent that's crazy um it's very good it's about uh a chef like a very high end chef works at the best restaurants in the world. He moves home to Chicago to take over his uh, deceased brother's restaurant, kind of family uh, sandwich shop, and that's maybe all I'll say. It's just very good in so many ways. Like it's funny, it's clever, it's sad. It's where do you where do you watch it?
0: Uh, Disney. We saw Disney. Disney. Yeah, it's on Disney. It's
2: actually FX show. Is the Yeah. yeah. yeah? It was probably one of the shows that made me feel things the most. Really? Like okay. uh I remember looking pausing or, or at the end of an episode looking at Kristen and saying like I'm like anxious now. Like huh. I, I couldn't get my heart rate up. <laughs> I'm sweating. It's
0: but in a good way. Like it's it's yeah. a Is it like show. a v- popular in terms of like is it in the zeitgeist right now? Does everybody talk about it? a decent amount of people anything about
2: And I should actually give credit. It's uh Hans Doof of Blind Man recommended it to me. And uh, he has lots of good recommendations, but this hmm. one
0: may be one of his best.
1: And they're nice, short episodes. Like, you, yeah. it's and there's not that many of them, so you can yeah. finish off pretty quick.
0: Okay, yeah. the yeah. bear. Got to check it out. Yeah, and I'll find out why it's called that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no bear in it. You'll have to watch okay. to find out. All right.
1: I would second that, Tyler. It's one of my favorites. It's a. I almost don't want them to make a season two.
2: Like I think it's perfect yeah. the way it is. Mm. But yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm going to recommend a theme or motif called retrofuturism. The idea of looking at what the past thought the future was going to look like. I don't know why. I didn't know there was a name for this. And then I realized that I love this show called Hello Tomorrow, which is on Apple TV. I love the movie Tomorrowland that um, Brad Bird did. It's like one of my favorite movies. I love Iron Giant. I love those kinds of things. And then I'm like, those kind of all have something in common. And it's the sort of look or feel of what those people thought the future could be. And anyway, that idea is called retrofuturism. So there's tons of books, music, paintings, posters, all kind of connected to this, and it's a really interesting idea. So is it interesting
1: because you're looking at what people thought we'd have now? Sort of, or what they
0: thought the good life would be, or what they thought were kind of the answers to the problems of the day. So it's sort of like this show, Hello Tomorrow, is looking... It's about... Stuff that's going on in the '50s and '60s, mm-hmm. but it's in like an almost not an alternate universe, but sort of what they think the future will be. And clearly, we never got there. Sure, sort of like it's, the Jetsons. As but, a but person, it's made,
2: it it's made after the fact to to go back and look. It's not like a show
0: from the '50s. That's right. It's not right. a show from the '50s. It's yeah. mm. looking now cool. back to what they thought. Yeah, yeah. right. So retrofuturism cool. in all its forms, I love. Almost back all to the of future it. too. Yes, totally. In yeah. a way, in Which like a satirical way of, yeah. like, that's a really clever way of thinking about retrofuturism, I think, yeah. Back to the Future.
1: Or mm. old, the old Star Trek, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I like that. Maybe next time you can have, like, a graphic novel that fits into that. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a few. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my recommendation is a beer that Blind Man is Pre, is it pre-rearing next week? Is that the idea? Like, on well, it's, it's
2: been out. Okay. Like I've, You can buy it, but I think it's like an official release where they're going to mass yeah. produce this thing.
1: Did, is it The Dream Machine or Dream Machine? I think I it's just called so Dream the, Machine. I,
2: yeah, I, either
1: way. But, but it's a lager, easy-drinking lager. It's awesome, and the can art is unmissable. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just colorful, and uh, it's awesome. So, yeah, come out to Blind Man on the 13th. Have a Dream Machine
2: yeah, five dollar pints of Dream Machine. Yeah,
1: five dollar pints all day. Yeah, if you come up to Chris and you tell him that you're there because the podcast will buy you one, he'll buy you a yeah, pint. I will,
2: and he'll buy me one too. Yeah, that's true.
1: He better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. I think the time has come for us to actually talk about a book. This is a big deal because number one, yeah. we all read it. That, truly, yeah. Right, yeah, Tyler. You read, read it. Yeah. You read. The I think whole you were day. done first. If I, for being honest, Tyler, you were probably more on the ball. Okay You read it twice maybe You liked it so much <laughs> Yeah um, We're gonna start I think we're just gonna Generally chat about it in a second But we also kind of brought Maybe a chapter Or a topic that we like the most yeah. Or resonated the most And we'll talk about that first Yeah so mm-hmm. We
2: don't really know How book clubs work Nope uh, True so, uh, Have you ever I,
0: been in a book club before?
2: Have I? Yeah uh, Once yeah, Okay We read uh, Like you went to one we session? We did it It was during COVID We read, Me and a group of friends read it And then we had one Kind of Group chat Talk about it
0: hmm.
1: Okay I'm excited. I can't wait to argue. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Mostly what with Tyler.
0: I'll just mo- mediate. Yeah. This harmonious conversation is brought to you by 5024 General Store. Bringing skateboards, fashion, and creativity to central Alberta communities. Check them out online or in beautiful downtown Lacombe.
1: So, Cody recommended that we read this book months and months ago, and we've read it. And uh, maybe we'll start with more of an objective overview of what the book was about before we get into our subjective opinions. Mm -hmm. Tyler, how would you describe it to someone briefly if they asked about the book?
2: Yeah, I actually was talking to my students about this book a few days ago. And so I kind of had to do this. I said, I read this book. It's called The Wisdom of Your Body. And even the, the title, like when I heard the title of this book it doesn't sound like the kind of book I would read mm-hmm. and I d- can't even really explain why like it sounds well I'm tr- I'll try not to be too subjective but um, it didn't sound like maybe what it was once right. I read it like it's it felt like um, if I were to describe it in a quick way practical ways to understand and connect with your body yeah So it Sure And it Yeah yeah, the One of the Sub The words in the subtitle I think is embodiment Mm -hmm. Yeah Which I When I read that Before reading the book I wouldn't have known Really what that meant Embodiment So this Maybe my Second sentence To explain it would be This book explains What embodiment is Would you agree? I was going to use The word embodiment In my Yeah I would agree Description Okay
1: I will be more subjective Initially I don't think it's a great title Like having read the book I don't I think you're right. Like the title doesn't really match to me. Like it gives me yeah. a feeling that that the actual book didn't give me in the end. But that's fine. Hmm. That's, but it just sounds kind of like a, kind of hokey almost.
2: Yeah, I almost used the word hokey. Did you? Yeah.
1: But but it's not though. Like it's not at all. Yeah. The book itself is not hokey. Chris, what do you,
0: what do you think when you when you hear what Tyler has to say? Do you agree? I used to teach kids um, in book po- picking a book to be interested in like look at it as an artifact feel the cover what Mm -hmm. like look at the picture judge a book by its cover that's okay to do if you have eight billion books in the world and you're gonna have to pick one to read yeah i wouldn't pick this off the shelf and mostly because of the artwork that's on the front Mm -hmm. because it's kind of an androgynous body maybe could be construed as a woman and i would be like eh maybe but i really like the what do you call these catchphrase or whatever. Yeah. Finding healing, wholeness and connection through embodied living. To me, that's interesting. Yeah. Would you say that is accurate? Yep. I think that's what this book is about.
1: Once I learned what embodiment meant. Yeah. Right? Like embodied living.
0: And so it's written by an author who is also a psychologist and a counselor. And I would say the book is about um, her experiences and she uses stories and metaphor from her own practice to talk about how people are disembodied and disassociated with their own self physically and how you can be like if you want to think of it as spirit and body reunited kind of in the end Mm -hmm. that's my main takeaway i think i
1: was looking at the back of the book here and it mentions like regulating your emotions through physical awareness when i read that i'm like that that's that's the stuff i took away from the book the most yeah was that like how does this embodiment or your physical awareness what does that do
0: yeah why is it good what does so, it do so do you think the title is like when you say hokey are you feeling like it was more I, like ethereal like I don't know like
1: maybe like a self-help kind of thing Yeah, you yeah. know yeah. I don't and and that that might not be true for everyone who reads that I just that's what I thought of when I first saw that title and it was yeah. better than that like 100% better yeah, yeah for sure yeah. it was I'm not yeah. saying all mm-hmm. self-help books are terrible either I just don't typically read those kinds of books right
2: well it fe- it felt like it was going to be like by the title kind of Metaphysical, spiritual, yes. mm-hmm. um, which I actually like that stuff, but it and it had, like, it did
0: have some elements of that,
2: yeah, and some of those parts were some of my favorite, but yeah, like yeah. Th- just reading the title, I, I thought it was going to be some alternative science yes, kind yeah, kind of thing, and it wasn't. No, it's, there's
0: research, like based stuff in there too. So maybe like a, it's a good title because it's recapturing what the wisdom of your body is. It isn't some. Tarot reading right. astrological thing. It's more yeah. it actually is about your body is a real physical your thing. A real, but, and yeah. there's wisdom yeah. there. Okay. And if you listen to it, I don't know. All right. And Hillary. really the I Good job, think Hillary. we've
2: talked a lot. <laughs> but my understanding of embodiment was just recognizing that you are your body and your body is is you. Yeah. And once you realize that, like then you can there's practical things you can do and mm. you can see the, the benefits of it. So that'd also be a piece of my, like, summary is, like, that's, that's and that's one of my, maybe my key takeaways is, yeah, that's what embodiment is, and I can benefit from trying to do that
1: more. Yeah. And have you guys tried to do things that the book, mm-hmm. you both have?
2: Have you? I have, yeah. Yeah. That's There's
0: what I was telling my students about. Two things I've tried. What have you tried? should we go first? Do this now? Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, one of the things she talked about was, like, having your hand over your heart and telling yourself things and I've tried that and it's super weird so I'm not used to that yet and I've only tried it twice the other though was noticing my negative self-talk which isn't like audible Mm -hmm. but it is definitely something I do more than I I, if you would have asked me do you have negative self-talk I wouldn't have thought I even Mm -hmm. had self-talk really right but I've tried to pay attention more to it as I've been reading this over the last couple of weeks and I do and sometimes it's positive but in certain things I do it's negative and so I've been trying to capture those thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So the, the
2: speaking to yourself, like you're doing that out loud.
0: Yeah, I tried it out loud in my car today and yeah.
2: yesterday. Okay. I did it once reading, because at the end of a bunch of chapters, it gives you things to try. Yeah, and, and, and a number them. of them were like that. Like yeah. try looking in the mirror and saying something to yourself. Or And one time I think I was in the house by myself. So I was like, I'm like, I'm going to do it. Even though it feels really weird. So I did try that once, but it hasn't been. So How did it go? It just felt really weird. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably not something I'll keep doing.
0: It, there's She tells the story of um, she has been in a couple of accidents and in the doctor's office, I think, like mm-hmm. where it, with a curtain pulled around her, she was giving herself positive self-talk. And when she opened the curtain, there was, I think, a nurse, a nurse who was yeah. like crying, hearing her because it moved. And I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know why, but this is actually like I just got that goosebumps was cool. saying it. Um, I thought yeah. that was really neat. And that could be hokey to me. But the way it yeah. was explained, well, I was like, oh, that was really genuine and interesting. For me, the that story I
2: felt like was pretty powerful too. But it didn't make me want to start talking out loud to myself. Like, I appreciate you for what you've been doing for right. me, body. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole idea of that, that, the fact that a nurse that moved them so much tells me that so right. many people have a negative relationship with their body. Exactly. Or they blame it or they... yeah that was powerful
0: because of that yeah
2: can i should i share what the thing i've done yes multiple times yeah it's i try to feel my heartbeat without putting my hand on my um she said that like to notice your pulse without touching yourself it's kind of like a mindfulness thing like just a very you have to be and i I can do it really with focus could you do it before or had you ever tried before i I, I think we've all felt it where like your heart is racing right. and you can just sit there and feel your heartbeat. But when you're relaxed and I don't know if I've actually felt it, but I've convinced myself that I have. Because mm-hmm. if you sit there quiet enough for long enough and for listeners, Chris and Graham are both trying to do this right now. <laughs> I totally, I'm, I am, but <laughs> I can tell because they're not, I think I'm
1: feeling Chris's actually,
2: <laughs> is that okay?
0: <laughs> you can get your head off. His well, chest. we often have indicators right. like you yeah. wear a watch or you feel it when you're exercising or whatever, but but your, it was just your normal the idea
2: pulse of just mindfulness and aware, like bodily awareness. That, yeah. that, that's
1: the one thing I actually did was the mindfulness things to try. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily the heartbeat one, but just and she kind of directs you how to do it. Where she says like you're going to get distracted, like you're going to focus on something, you will get distracted. Try mm-hmm. to find your way back. And I've tried that a few times, particularly when I go. This might not even count, but like on the treadmill, and if I know it, like it's a, it's I'm, I'm running really hard and it's like getting tough, like mentally it's getting tough, and you guys know this, like when you're doing that, like it, a lot of it's mental. If you put on a different song, sometimes you, you feel more energy. And so I just try, and I've tried that before where I'm like, what if I just focus on one thing as I'm running and then the time will, will pass? And so I tried something she talked about. It doesn't, it's hard. Like mm. my mind wanders way too fast. Mm-hmm. So, and the mindfulness is something that we've talked about in education for years too. Like I remember in my yep. practicum years ago, we did some mindfulness and I was glad to be reminded of the practice and it, t- it says to try it daily. I have not done that, but, I think it would be beneficial if I could. Yeah, and
2: I that's how I felt about the heart heartbeat thing was that it's a mindfulness practice that I've never tri- I've never had a mindfulness practice. Mm-hmm. I've heard that word for years. Yeah. And I the concept appeals to me, but this is kind of the first time I've actually tried it and stuck with it. Like I probably once a day I'll try it. Huh. Right. Okay. Since reading it.
1: Man, it's changed your life. <laughs> yeah. You're a new man. <laughs> Let's move into uh, maybe more specific feedback that we had, maybe about a, a portion, a chapter that we resonated with. Is that okay if we do yeah. that? Yeah?
0: yeah, that sounds great. Okay, okay I'm ready. <laughs> Okay, so I've never really been part of a book club, so we're kind of going based on maybe this is what I think a book club should be, but (laughs) why don't we start talking about the beginning of the book? That's where the book starts. Okay, and early on, we get a lot of um, stories from Hillary's practice and um, as a psychologist and a counselor. So there's quite a few stories of people that she's worked with, which is Mm. a good way to get into some of these topics. But early she talks about um, Western thought being the product of this idea of kind of disembodiment, which comes from people like Plato and Descartes and the Gnostics who kind of looked at your spirit and your physical body being two different things. Right. And at some point, religion kind of was used to reinforce this idea that the physical is like bad and at some point when you die, your spirit will be liberated from the physical. You'll be separated from the physical space and go somewhere Mm -hmm. else, right?
1: So your body is like a temporary prison for your mind. Right. (laughs) You're going to discard eventually. And everything
0: associated with that is wrong, evil, fleshly, earthly, not of the heavenly realm, kind of. Would you agree that kind of she makes that argument? Yeah. Yeah. And she really sums it up eloquently, I thought,
1: and puts it in a way that that makes total sense, but in a way I never thought of before.
2: Yeah, there's, I think, a whole section called, like, how we become disembodied. I think that's probably what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's that religious aspect to it, but there's, whether you're religious or not there is still this idea that you are, your body is an object outside of yourself, like something to be worked on, something to be improved. And self,
0: if you think of like the center of yourself, it's not necessarily the physical part. Right. Like you're inside, yourself is inside your body. Yeah. Or your body is something you have, but not necessarily you. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I took out of that part. For sure. And that, yeah, even if you're not religious, you're still the product, if you're living in 2023, of a very (laughs) religious society that's brought you up to this point. So you can't avoid no. having mm-hmm. these influences. I you,
1: you grow up thinking that you have a body. Yeah. That's what we say. Like, you, And I would have said, said that it.
0: until I read this book.
1: Yeah. Tyler's got a body. Chris has a
0: body. Not that you yeah. are yeah. a body. You're
1: not a body. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. like not necessarily right or wrong. That's just an interesting way of Do you, thinking yeah.
2: about it. So when you first read that, were you... Because it goes against maybe the way you had previously thought. Were you, did you reject it or did you resist that idea? I didn't find myself resisting that at all. I thought it was,
1: right away I was in. I thought, yeah. yeah.
0: I've seen some of the work that people have done around the platonic discourse, I think it's called. And Mm -hmm. I've read that before and it rang true then. And this was just like a reminder. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. But I still would default for sure to the I have a body. Yeah. um, Posture or whatever you would call that. Yeah. Because that's what we hear like all the time.
1: And like, so the cynic in me as well, like, I was a little apprehensive to read the book, right? Like, I I trusted that it would be good, but I was apprehensive. And I, when you, when when the book starts like that, I remember thinking, okay, well, that's just a way of describing it. What does that mean, right? Saying, I am my body, I have a body. Obviously, I had a whole book to read in front of me, so I knew it would go there, but I'm happy to say that eventually. Um, it was
2: a good basis for everything talked about. But. but for you, that was a moment. I When I read that, I'm like, Graham's not going to like that, that. I did part. have a moment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to say, well, it's the he
0: same thing, whether you on have this, one or yeah. you are one. It's- I did sort of think like it's just were Who are those people that voted that you would like this most? Okay, but she kind of <laughs> has this like early thesis statement then that talks about what disembodiment is, but that embodiment is our birthright. We can remember it. And it's a coming home and a remembering of our wholeness and a reunion of the fullness of ourselves so that if you're going to be fully human, you're both spirit. She's not saying you're not a spirit or that, but you're, you, you are all of that and you're all of that at once. I really like that. So it's a non-dual perspective way of thinking about the body. So you that's remember, kind of the beginning. Do
1: you remember the fish analogy for embodiment? The little fish thing? I can read it. I yeah, liked it. it was I like... I actually you know,
0: don't. Um... It was
1: a quote from a speech. It says the fish, two young fish swimming along when an older fish comes oh, wow. by and says, morning guys, how's the water? And then once alone, the two younger fish look at each other and they say, what the hell is water? Yeah. And he was on to say that the most obvious important realities are often the ones that are the hardest to
0: see and talk about. Embodiment is the water in which we swim. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. She has a lot of religious ish like language like yes and so i kind of made note of that like oh she talks in a way that is familiar to me Mm -hmm. and i don't think it's like you wouldn't get it if you didn't know those things but like i thought those kind of things stood out she talks about the body telling the truth yeah the painful parts the joyful parts and everything in between and so pretty quickly early in the book um she's there's discussion about like what society thinks of bodies the and um that's there's some pretty powerful stuff. And lots of other people have done work around that. And if you have kids or if you've looked at a magazine or watch TV, like mm-hmm. we've all had these thoughts. What was that For statistic sure. you had, Tyler? That not, that the
2: Western society operates on the idea of normative, like it's normal just to be discontent with your body. right? And the number that I wrote down was 90% loathe their bodies, <laughs> which is basically I'm everybody. I'm laughing because I'm in that 90, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, low is a, is a strong word but, but it, I,
1: th- it's culture it's cultural though. Like that's just yeah. what you do. Like oh, like that that's conversational. That's yeah. like part of
2: how you relate to people is like. Yeah. And even the people you who You look
0: have, good. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I
2: there is I think that was in this book where she talked about like just that kind of language like when you tell someone they look good because they've been exercising, like you're reinforcing this idea. Mm-hmm. That bodies need to be worked on. Like, right. It wasn't good before. Now it's right. better. Not perfect. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. I thought that was interesting. I I wrote down all the untruths. Okay. Yeah. From okay, that chapter. Yeah. Nice. Like she. There are probably subheadings in the books. So it'd be pretty yeah. easy to find. But one, how we become disembodied, was one of the early chapters, and it's lies about our bodies, and then she names them all. So you are not your body was the one we've been talking about. And then you need to subdue or control your body because it's dangerous. There's another lie that we're told like you, and there's chapters later on that get into yeah. the specifics of that. Like there's a chapter about pleasure and there's chapters about pain and things like that. Uh, some bodies are better than others, which leads into cultural, racial, yeah, uh, sexual identity. Like I thought yeah. this was, it was interesting to have that chapter so early because I, I noticed all these truths and I was kind of like oh that's there's a lot of these lies that were being told but then she went into them later on and I appreciated that yeah Um, bodies must present within rigid binaries of gender ideal women have sexual young thin fertile bodies bodies are impure and pleasure is sinful Yeah, appearance is all that matters about your body you should change your body fat bodies are unhealthy others decide what is best for your body and bodies are not as important as theology and intellect. Those were the <laughs> untruths that were being told. I mean, there was none that I like, disagreed with. I know there's a lot of negatives there. I didn't disagree that those were <laughs> untruths. They all resonated with you yeah, in some they, way. They all like, yeah, I've heard that message, and I like that you're saying those are lies.
1: Yeah. Do
2: you guys want to try something real quick?
1: hmm Can you guys tune into your bodies right now? Can you give me some steps? What are you touching right now? What is your skin in contact with right now? A bug just landed on me. (laughs) What's the temperature of your body? Or the air around you? Do you want answers? No, just think about it. (laughs) What parts of you feel tight? What do you smell? What emotions do you notice emerging in your body? Chris and Tyler, take a deep breath and let it slowly out. Thank yourself for taking a moment to slow down and pay attention. Thank you, self so that's <laughs> one of the that's
2: one of the end chapters some things to try
1: i did that one that was really cool
2: yeah yeah well that's I, that mindfulness yeah thing right like you wouldn't have done that <laughs> if you didn't if someone didn't tell you to do it
1: there's I also could, another question too it's just a question to think about is how and why is my body positioned the way it is right now like if that just pops into your head in <laughs> a random moment during a <laughs> day like it's a really good question
0: you know? those <laughs> would be neat questions to ask kids like before a test or something yeah like yeah. what is what are you just awareness, awareness. what do you, yeah. Yeah, just the word often it, that she uses too is interoception. So the awareness mm-hmm. that you have of your body in space, like yeah, a lot of those things have to do with that. Feeling your heartbeat, that kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. Well,
1: that, that sort of covers the intro of the book, the first couple of chapters. Do you guys want to kind of maybe move into some of the middle stuff? Mm-hmm. Maybe?
2: Yeah, sounds good. Okay. <laughs>
1: Chris, um, we were just talking during the break about chapter three, entitled The Body Overwhelmed, and it's where the book starts to talk about stress and trauma, mm-hmm. which is something as educators, I think it's always good for us to learn about how trauma works and how it affects
0: people. What would you say that the approach in this book was to the topic of trauma? So I think in her, she she does a good job of defining trauma um, giving examples of what can cause it, talking about the stress response of the body, mm-hmm. and also what happens in the neural pathways in the brain if you're repetitively exposed to trauma that isn't dealt with, that the brain is basically wired in a way to perceive non-threats as threats and right. always be in a heightened state of arousal. And that's not good because yeah. what you want to be able to do, ideally, in a neurotypical brain, is trauma comes, you are heightened because it might be dangerous, your brain can make a decision about that. And if something bad has happened to you, to to be embodied with that. So not to be detached, but to get help. So talk to somebody, go through these practices that she describes are yeah. helpful. Um, see a counselor, be in part of community, work with a therapist, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and that helps to regulate and reinstate the proper... She calls it the staircase, mm-hmm. um, right. to just so that you're you're a person of action and not of inaction. So learning about grounding and orienting your body, and there are things that you can do, practical things, not not things that don't make sense. But um, talking to your body is one of those ways that does that too. So that you're you're participating in the process and not detached from it. And complex trauma happens when uh, that detachment happens and those neural pathways are kind of developed and you kind of never come out of trauma Mm -hmm. i think
2: this chapter reminded me a lot of our conversation with will Mm -hmm. a few episodes ago and he cited a book called uh the not the i was gonna say the wisdom of your body um the body keeps the score Mm -hmm. and that he taught will talked about seeing seeing clients and bringing them back into that state of arousal or whatever you want to call it, that fight or flight state. And he even like did it with us a little bit, I think, like said, no, think like now that you've described that situation that was uncomfortable or small T traumatic, how did that feel? And tries to help you work through it. So that's what I thought of when I read this chapter, but I wondered this chapter, it doesn't, didn't st- stand out to me. Like I don't remember it super well. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, and maybe you can help me out like if it's because I haven't had a traumatic experience or was the chapter meant for everybody or was it like, tar- like more meant for people who've gone through I don't know big big T traumatic yeah. experiences
1: maybe it's more insightful and helpful if you have but I still think I still thought it was important maybe interesting and important I don't mm-hmm. know I see what you're saying though Tyler
0: yeah, maybe it doesn't resonate in the same way. I would say fair. I think she would say you have experienced trauma, mm-hmm. and either you don't remember it or you have good ways of dealing with it, so you're not caught in that all the time. But hmm. um, you like you have experienced trauma through things that you've seen or been a part of or have happened to you as a kid, or like it might not be, you know. A physical assault or something, right? Although, which has I happened. actually know that has happened to you, <laughs> yeah. and that is traumatic. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's interesting you didn't you don't perceive that as traumatic.
1: Now we're digging deep. <laughs> <laughs> I know for me, I know that there were things growing up, parental dynamics for sure that were traumatic. There's moments that I remember that were, yeah, definitely traumatic for a kid. And I also know that there are things that, like, triggers that give me a certain reaction that, that, that are just, like, w- like bizarre. And, like, not weird things that I'll do, but just, like, why am I reacting to that yeah. so viscerally? Where did that come from? Yeah. Where did that come from? And so, for me, I loved reading this part. Not that it fixed me or, like, but it just gave me some insight. Yeah. Um, I love the part where it talked about that not everyone gets a chance to work their way back up that safety staircase, like... Because we society prides ourselves on not dealing with that stuff, like toughing it out, right? Right? Being disembodied, like, and I just think it's good. It was helpful for me to just think, like, that's not good. (laughs)
0: That's not (laughs) toughening out is not good. Um, It might work for a time, but sure, it will come back to. And I have a good
1: support system, right? And good family, and like, I have those things in place that can help, right? But ultimately, do I need therapy? chris you tell me
0: well i think 90 percent of us probably do like yeah. i think of the toughing it out like any police officer or soldier who's toughing it out for 30 years and then they retire and then they have post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. like not everybody but that's not an uncommon story yeah so that yeah well and like you said it's it's
1: biological like it actually changes your brain how how it operates and how it's connected mm-hmm. like it's not yeah. something you can just ignore for very long, unless you're Tyler, I guess. <laughs> I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> well, I'm just yeah, trapped, uh, trying to tough it out, I guess. <laughs> but maybe it's because you've dealt with that in really healthy ways too, and that it, you're you're not perceiving it as trauma because it's like resolved. Well, uh,
2: and also like, I I think there is I have lived a fairly privileged life where I I haven't like you mentioned like i've i have been physically assaulted but like a, like i i still feel like i've had a pretty um relatively easy life but anyways it, and i it doesn't discount the the value of the chapter it just yeah. it, to me i it didn't i didn't really you. know what to take out of it like yeah. um in terms of like practical like one of the practical things to try was make a voice recording of yourself saying what you need to hear <laughs> yeah. when you're overwhelmed or triggered. Play it back mm-hmm. to yourself as a reminder that you will not always feel that way and that you can comfort yourself. So I just couldn't think of a... Like I'm actually... That whole idea of playing a recording to myself feels weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't really think of a time when I get triggered enough. Like when would like that when actually I, be when I, yeah. I... If we talk about the staircase yeah. where I'm... Yeah feeling unsafe or immobile, like where I'm immobilized and shutting down, like when would I need to play that thing? Yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. think of a, a specific instance.
0: Is instance. there anything in that chapter that you could see being able to use or help facilitate other people who are experiencing trauma? Well, like not as a counselor, but as a teacher or. I wrote, I wrote something your down about memory cookies,
2: mm-hmm. but I don't, totally remember that's from that chapter it's one and I just wrote it down and didn't really explain what it was but I, th- I think it had to do with kind of connecting with memories that you have
1: it says like when you go through a trauma every ingredient like making cookies but every ingredient from the experience combines in a way that makes it impossible to separate one from the other so all those different aspects of the trauma whether it's what you saw felt smelled whatever those are ingredients of the trauma and your brain combines the elements of a trauma into one memory package. So it's it talks about how that's like it's very helpful, like for your b- body to do that to process things like that. Yeah. Um, hey, but it can be unhelpful as well because maybe need to deal with it sometime. Well, yeah, I don't
2: remember everything about that either. But. Someone just asked, like maybe there's something here to mm-hmm. apply to the way we treat others, and I see it. It says knowing how our brain body systems work, so just understanding this can help us respond more compassionately to ourselves and others. So then, whether or not you notice it in ourselves, the the, kind of the closing to that section says, when we see someone else who's activated, so someone who's shutting down or immobile or in fight or flight, we can offer them uh, the tenderness we have learned to hold within ourselves. So I think just understanding... This idea that memories are connected to our physical response, mm-hmm. the the tra- trauma response, the trigger, yeah, just that understand. I guess what it really comes down to is empathy, yeah, right. Like if we, even if we haven't experienced that, we can build mm-hmm. build off of what we do know, and yeah.
1: Hey, gentlemen, how do you normally talk to yourself when you're sick or you're in pain? Because I was thinking, well, I'll, let, I'll let you answer, but I, I, for me, I'll say things like, my neck is killing me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Statements yeah. like that. Yeah. What kind of things do you say? I probably here? have bad words in there if I get hurt. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I say, I just said this recently, um, I, have a, I had a shoulder injury a while ago, and it's still bothering me. And I, I'll say something, like, I can't believe this is still hurting. Right. Like, I can't believe it. You're annoyed like, with your body. Yeah. Like, you've, yeah. You've get left over it. Down, body. <laughs> like, you should be over it by now.
1: <laughs> Do you guys think that the, your body
2: is a good thing? Yes.
0: After reading this
1: book? Yes. <laughs> I mean, she states very clearly <laughs> your before... body is good
2: <laughs> because it's you. But. Right.
1: And then, so this chapter we're talking about now is called You Are Not Broken, and it deals with pain and what pain is for. And I, I do like the way it intros talking about how she says the, your body is good. Like fundamentally mm-hmm. that's objectively true. But then if your neck is in pain, like how is that good? Mm-hmm. Or if you're have a chronic illness, how is that good? Uh, so I like that sort of framing at the beginning. Did you guys resonate with this chapter?
0: Yeah. What, that's kind of leading me into this idea. She talked about the two arrows yeah. and there's an idea. I think it comes from Buddhism, but a psychologist and researcher named Ron Siegel talks about it. And he, um, says the first arrow is like if you get an injury or if you get sick or have loss or you're struggling with a disease, that's the first arrow that can impact you. But the second arrow is the way that we add to our own pain and suffering by how we talk to ourselves or others about what's happening. Mm -hmm. So that, the first arrow we can't control, right? But the second arrow we can. And often we're adding more injury to ourselves. And Oh, yeah. Because we're critical.
2: Like she argues that it would be a tangible... It would have, like, the second arrow, what you say would have an actual measurable effect on how much pain you experience. Right. Right. Or how long the illness
0: lasts. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which is,
1: which to me initially sounds a little hokey, but I do think it's true. Well,
2: maybe, maybe on the surface, right? But I do, but I actually do think it is true. Well, I, yeah. There's the, she refers to this red light, blue light thing mm-hmm. where where people are touching a metal rod that is heated up or they believe that it's been heated to a temperature and they're supposed to report how it feels and people report a much higher amount of pain when there's a red light on versus a blue light on in the room right so it's like they are reporting physical and a physical experience they're experiencing more pain but the the rod is no the same temperature as it was in the blue light room so that i mean just that study there's some perception and self-talk going on That there. you can actually feel something based on outside factors or the second arrow, like an indicator yeah. telling you this should hurt. It's the reverse placebo effect. Yeah. Yeah. I remember listening to someone else on a, another podcast talk about he believed he never got sick because he basically talked himself out of it. Yeah. Like he yeah. told himself that he's, uh, if he felt something coming, he would just believe you're, you're healthy, that yeah. I'm not going to get sick. I, I don't ever get sick. I'm not sick. Yeah. And I I definitely tried it when I <laughs> yeah. felt myself getting sick. Yeah. Just like using the sheer power of my mind to fight the sickness. Yeah. And uh, Did it, it work? didn't work. Well, I, do you guys find <laughs> this like we've been teaching for a lot of years? I, I typically, this happens
1: a lot where you'll, you have lots of long weeks, like you're working hard and then you get a break, mm-hmm. spring yeah. break, winter, and then I get sick.
0: Yeah. That's very common. It happens
1: all the time to me. So what, it, like, is that what we're talking about? Like you're so holding it your off? So is your guard down? Like, you right. Know. Like you know you can't really afford to get sick, so you don't let yourself in some ways. Which, again, doesn't sound very scientific or very, yeah. you know, measurable, but that happens, anecdotally anyway.
2: Yeah, and it's not, not like the example I gave where I'm, like, really trying not to get sick. It's it's in the moment you're teaching, you don't want to get sick. You know you've got to be at work. Yeah. So I think there is power there.
0: Um McBride talks too about those the way that second arrow comes has often been modeled to us as kids or culturally mm-hmm. so that's something that almost gets passed down yeah um, because it's how we've been treated or things that have we've overheard that's how we end up our self-talk might model right that yeah. which and makes sense too
2: the it might seem like she was saying to if you experience pain to not acknowledge it right like yeah. the way we've described it so yeah. far but it's not that way either. Like she, I think, would even say that you should acknowledge yep. it, but acknowledge the that it is your body trying to protect you. Yeah, it's doing its job. It's a, it's hurting right now because it's healing or it's right. Sick and that could right be now. just a, ch- a change in how you phrase it
1: to somebody if you're telling them how much your back is in pain. You can rephrase it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like my shoulder, I could say instead of saying it's still hurting. Yeah, it's never getting better. It feels like it's not getting better. It could be um, my. It's it's healing. It's continuing to heal. It's getting stronger. It's
1: well, and that will keep you from like overemphasizing as well. Because I I don't know. I feel like people tend to the second arrow tends to be an exaggeration on what the reality is. Hmm. Yeah, and that exaggeration
0: can actually make it worse than it really is. Like just, Um, I underlined our body hears everything we think. So (laughs) how you speak to yourself, she does talk a great deal about that, like practicing yeah. positive self-talk and being aware of negative talk and kind of recapturing that and reframing it. That's something that I'm going to have a really hard time implementing.
1: But w- do you think you'll notice negative into. talk more? Yeah, yeah. In in the short term, I just, long term, right. something like mindfulness, I think resonates with me. Positive self-talk I can say you to you, you can't see doing that. Well, and I, I think I maybe should. Maybe it's, I, I just have a hard time getting over that hump. I guess it's just like a totally different mindset. It seems weird. Like it does seem it, it a little seems weird. weird. I yeah. think
0: to me.
2: But then you read her, read what she's saying, and it, you feel good. Yeah, and you, you admire it. Isn't there a little bit of a inconsistency in viewing your body as you, but then also talking to your body as if it's, its own not thing, you, as if it's not you, yeah. like thanking your body. That's a positive self-talk. Right. Like positive self-talk make, almost reinforces the dual thinking. Mm, that's that interesting. There's me and there's my body.
0: I like that as a critique.
2: Well, that's the, my, the, and I, I do like a lot of what she said, but that's kind of just, that was one. Maybe that's a reason why I don't love the, the talking to myself part because I like the embodiment stuff so much. So much. The epilogue and, is literally called A Letter to My Body. Dear and body. I, and I'll, this could have been like I didn't read that. No, oh, I, I did. didn't. I didn't either. It's 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 pretty good. You should read it. Okay. okay. Am I the only one who read the whole book? Then
0: is this? A, yeah, I did. Epilogue that it doesn't count. <laughs> it's, I, it's not. I didn't think it was part of the book. Yeah.
2: yeah. One of my favorite aspects of this book was how um, Hillary McBride brought in spirituality, kind of not as a main. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a main theme. There's one chapter called Holy Flesh where she does, I think, focus on her experience in Christianity and relationship with God. But there was a sort of a subplot throughout about connecting with your, about how your body, connecting with your body, becoming embodied can actually bring you closer to, I think she uses God, but she also uses another term, like the spiritual or um, something outside of yourself. And i that's part that I really enjoyed or liked reading about, I guess. She said something, or she actually quoted someone that I like, and maybe this is a giveaway of why I like these chapters or these sections, but she quoted Richard Rohr, and she said, "'We do not think our way into new ways of living. We live our ways into new ways of thinking.'" So again, that connection between like our bodies, like what we do, mm-hmm. what we feel, what we experience, can actually um, change the way we think, and not necessarily the other way around, which yeah. is maybe more the Western cultural way of doing things: is mm-hmm. if we just think this way, our bodies will follow. Right. Um. So I I like this whole idea of if God is in our body and we are our bodies, then and we can experience that, then we are about as close to God as you can be, right? If we can, if there's no dualism there anymore. And then the part that, the second part of that is if you can see other people as bodies, um, you can see Christ or you can see the, the, I can't remember what she, she didn't use the word God, I think throughout, but you can see God in others. As she well. did in this chapter, but in not this chapter not Earlier until, on there was a different phrasing. Yeah. Um like I wouldn't say this is a Christian book. Right. No. She she no almost either. the Christian no. part is just her telling her her own story.
0: Right. But, and she holds her cards close to her chest until that chapter, mm-hmm, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But there is no, she uses the word the divine uh, the phrase divine, the yep. divine earlier on. So like if you can see that other people are also bodies um and that the divine is in that, then you are going to see people as divine as well. And I that was the part That's that I cool. really I think, appreciated the most. But what did, would you guys, did you have thoughts about that? Did you kind of just pass over that chapter? What did you think? It it didn't, like it wasn't one that stayed with me too long
1: because it was, it was, I liked it. And I think it's like the, a lot of the Western Christian traditions, a lot of people grew up in them and Mm -hmm. a lot of people resonate with these points. And so I think it's really useful and I think it was interesting. For for, for me, it didn't really make me dig dig deep, really. It just sort of read Mm -hmm. it it was good, food, good food for thought. Um, I did like, I did like actually the end of that chapter. I took notes on the things to think about more than I took t- notes on the actual chapter. Mm-hmm. Things like take a moment to remember a time you felt most alive. I can yeah. guess based on science that you're probably in your body experiencing something, not just sitting on the couch looking at your phone. Think about that time, and so I, I, I like where she got to at the end of that chapter. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, like the story of growing up in a, I don't know like a conservative Christian yeah, uh, evangelical background. Like, is that the part maybe you didn't... Resonate I, and that's I, and not well. how I grew up. So
1: right. it, it, I, it I, I'm aware yeah. of such things and I find it interesting to a point, but I've also given that sort of thing a lot of thought in the last bunch of years. Yeah. So it didn't
2: feel like a new thought process to me necessarily. And that would be my... I'd, I'd actually feel similar where I didn't... The story wasn't really what resonated with me and it wasn't necessarily something brand new for me. Mm-hmm. But it was like affirming... Yeah, uh, just a way of thinking of the divine that, like, I can actually, like, there's one thing she, I don't know if it's in the same chapter, but talks about looking into your eyes. Do you guys remember this piece? It's like staring into your, in the mirror at your own eyes or someone else's eyes okay. and seeing, like, the universe. <laughs> like, and if, if you look at your eyes, like, your eyes are insane, like how complex they are. And they're really cool, like actually just visually really cool, like the colors and the the patterns. We are going to do this
0: during the break, right?
1: Yeah, we'll do a three-way eye staring session. (laughs) I'll give each of you one of my eyes. (laughs) I
0: really really like this chapter, and I think she does a nice job of um, going from like the Platonic Gnostic view to what embodiment can mean spiritually and physically and how ancient Jewish traditions talk about that and... mm -hmm. And actually where the Christian faith has got it wrong like because they've misinterpreted it. And it's actually a heresy. Gnosticism is a heresy. And a lot of our churches fall mm. for it presently. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool that she was kind of calling that out. I got really excited because my brother Dan, shout out to Dan, who's written a book called Breath of Life, available on Amazon, is very similar to some of the stuff she talks about yeah. in the the Breath of Life stuff. His book is called Breath of Life. And I when I read this, I thought, clearly they've read each other's work because this sounds like mm-hmm. exactly the same stuff. it's so, cool. Um, Hillary, if you're listening, you got to get in touch with my brother and I'll help you do that.
1: What's that book called again?
0: Breath of Life? Breath of Life. There you go. Dan, this book is called The Wisdom of Your Body. You guys need to chat. Mm-hmm. Let's set it up. So we've sort of, um,
1: l- we haven't gone through every chapter, but I feel like we've covered most parts that resonated with us. Chris, would you recommend this book to people?
0: I'd be, yeah. I mean, just like any recommendations, I usually don't accept in this podcast when I just willy-nilly <laughs> say them to everybody, but for, <laughs> for, a, for this particular book, there would be certain people I would definitely recommend it to. And I just know some people would get hung up, I think on part, well, this is my assumption, I could be mm. wrong, on parts of it that they would maybe not get through and then they'd sure. give up on it before they got to the meat of it. So I would recommend it to certain people for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: And follow-up question, would you have it on the shelf and read it again? This has made me want to go back to parts of it. And yeah. I would have said after reading it the first time, I'm good. I, but now I actually, there are parts I want to dig into a little bit. I'm totally bit. with
1: you on that. Like, I, even just now flipping through, I, I, I'm made mental notes to read certain parts again.
0: Because when you read a book that has lots of different
1: topics, it can bl-
2: blur a little bit yeah. quickly. And yeah. 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 I think I would have, well, I'll ask before I say, it, well, I kind of spoiled it. Like, I would have read this book, w- whether there was this book club or not. I right. think if some, if the right, if, it had been described to me the right way, the right way.
0: Okay. How would you do that?
2: Like, it, like, like you said earlier, if you saw it on a bookshelf, you may not have been drawn to it. I would be the same, like th- by the title, the artwork on the front. It did. And even the, the subtitle, I like the concepts, but I, I would have probably went away. But I, after reading it, I got, I got into it pretty early and would have finished it. But my question to you is if we weren't mm. doing the book club, would you have finished this book? Hmm. Like, if, if you opened it, browsed it a bit, would you have kept reading?
1: I'm glad, I'm glad I did, but I probably wouldn't have finished it. There's probably yeah. a few times in the middle where I would have intended to come back to it, but I do have a bit of a stack of books, and I will go back sometimes and finish ones off. And this would have been one of the ones that I put probably to the side for mm-hmm. a bit.
0: Yeah, I would say the same thing. There were a couple chapters in the middle that were less meaningful to me, probably mm-hmm. because of my privilege <laughs> where I was like, eh, this isn't really resonating. But I'm the, like, I felt the power was in chapters eight through ten, and that's where I really was yeah. really glad I was along right. for the ride there. And
1: yeah. then, and then in retrospect, it did kind of maybe make the whole thing seem better. That's to right. Me, you that's know? what like,
2: those are the chapters I want to go back and give us better chance to uh, actually. And all of this maybe is a good argument for book clubs, right? Yeah. Like it, it gets you to maybe get out of your comfort zone. And part part of it the reason maybe I'm making an assumption about you Graham is this isn't the type of book you would normally read. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. Like it's not necessarily just that the book true. was bad or anything. No. It's just, you'd rather read like a true crime, true true crime yeah. or like you're, you're into Canadian <laughs> true crime or history. sweet ballet. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, with you. yeah. But um, a book club kind of gets you to f- gets you to the finish line. And yeah. then by talking about it,
0: maybe you want to go back and it's sort of deep daunting deep. how many books are out there, yeah, and how much good stuff I'll never be exposed oh, to don't because say I that. won't. Now I feel give. so sad. <laughs> no, but you know, like I've, you get a genre you like, and that's typically how many Lee Child well, books do I need to read? Well, we need to do this again then, and like, let's so. let's find something that's even more like
1: tricky or challenging to talk about. Like go even further outside that comfort zone. Email the show harmoniousgentleman
2: at gmail.com. Give us a book club recommendation that you'd like us to. Yeah. <laughs> Well, or even like a a direction to go. Like, should we read mm-hmm. a book like this that gives us an actual uh, topic with with questions that we can dive into, or just like a a fiction, yeah, sci-fi, a, like yeah, like I don't know what what would you what would make a good episode? I don't know.
1: I just think in general, right now, I'm I'm really on the bandwagon of let's. I want to read a book that I would be even
0: less likely to have read.
1: Oh, than that's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: So we now have... Are these your own personal copies or did you get them from the library?
1: Library. I borrowed this from the source, Cody.
0: Okay, so we have two copies we could lend people if Cody still lends it out. Mm -hmm. Although you'll have all our notes. Mm -hmm. And thanks, to Cody, again, for recommending that. That was a great recommendation.
1: Mm -hmm. Thought about our episode with her a lot as we went through it.
2: Yeah. Let us know, uh, listeners, what what we missed or... Yeah what you thought of the book was there a chapter that we should have touched more on or I think we all had more notes and thoughts than we got to talk about like it takes longer than you think yeah so yeah yeah. part two definitely
0: yeah do more in depth and more clearly you listen if you see us let's do it let's talk about it
2: yeah
1: I love it I also love confessing crap Mm mm-hmm You know, there's times when you're sitting with your buds and you just want to confess (laughs) something that you have been thinking about Mm -hmm. and you want to get off your chest. So, we'll do that tonight. Guys, my confession is our house is on the market currently right now. Mm -hmm. trying to sell the old yellow house. It's been a lot of activity. Nothing super official just yet. But um, my confession, it's not a huge confession, but typically there'll be lots of times where I'm cleaning the house. Heidi takes the kids out. There's a showing happening. I need an hour to kind of tidy things up. And so often people will stand in front of the house and just look at it. Just people either... The people that are coming for the show? Them showing? or other people will drive by. They'll stop their car. They'll get out. It happens all the time. People just kind of like, you know, get out and look. And, um, and I watch
2: them. Is that weird? Like to see what they're going to do next? I'll just watch them. Do they see you watching them?
1: Well, I'm like in a window yeah. and I'm cleaning and I sort of look
2: out and then I kind of
1: like I keep peering out there and like keep keeping an eye. And I don't even know why I'm doing that. Like, I'm just fascinated by them being fascinated by, <laughs> by my house that I'm cleaning. It's like and you're they're fascinated animal? by you. Who's like, <laughs> that guy, guy keeps looking at us. What's he, we have a showing. <laughs> why is there a person in there? <laughs> I guess just overall, like, maybe it's not much of a confession, but I do like I do like to kind of like watch the people as, they, hmm. as they're as they out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and so we had an open house last weekend. And I drove by the house a couple times. Oh, okay. Like, just to kind of like see. And there's one guy I drove by a few times. He was walking like a baby in a stroller up and down. I I assume all his wife was in the house talking, but like I drove by 50 minutes later, he was still walking up and down the street, right? And so I felt a little weird and creepy. Like He's probably like, why is this car (laughs) circling the block? (laughs) And staring at him with my mouth agape. Uh, Anyway, that's my confession. Just that I'm I'm fascinated by watching people looking at the house and it's not so much like excitement. It's more just kind of really weird Mm -hmm. that our house is like a, not a museum, but
0: like something to, Gawk at a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So
1: anyway, so if you want to buy our house, just email the show, <laughs> and
0: I'll uh, check it out on Red Deer Realtor. Yeah, and exactly. I'll give you a good deal if you mention house. the podcast. Yeah,
1: I'll give you I'll give you three <laughs> percent off. I was gonna say ten bucks off. <laughs> oh,
0: okay.
2: Yeah, three few stickers.
0: Chris, what do you what do you got for us? Uh, well, I have uh, as you can see, parked in the back of Tyler's car uh, yard, a little Volkswagen Rabbit, which is uh, a new car I have. It's not new, but it's new to me. And it's a standard, and I like car confessions, because I remember told you guys I was a really good driver. I love driving standard. It's really fun. And this is a fairly easy standard to drive. But my confession is, um, I have the route home from my work takes me up Ross Street Hill, and I have yet to stop at the red light, because Mm. I'm intentionally concerned that I might not be able to roll back. get out of first gear because people park so close and I, ha- like I haven't yet started on a hill in this particular car.
1: You don't, do you want to go practice at nighttime when there's yes, no Yes, like are-
0: I will do that. The yeah. one time I thought I was going to just stop at the light, somebody I could see coming up behind me. So I turned right into, you yeah. know, into Grandview there. Um, I did
2: the the exact same thing when I, my vehicle's a standard, I got about a year ago, yeah, maybe a little more. And I, that, that hill kind of freaked me out. And I, same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit the green. Perfect. Yeah. If it turned red, I turn. You would turn right. Okay. And
0: have you had to stop on that hill yet? I have now. Now. Yeah. 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 And so it's going to happen. I was quite eventually. nervous because it's, it's steep and people it's steep. creep and up, people up right people are behind right you. on your butt because not like standards aren't that common anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So until I know what True. that rollback feels like, I just am very wary of it. But. You know, that's the confession of a bad driver.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's a bad driver. You just want to make sure you've got it under control. It's, it's a new Kind car. of embarrassing, though. If you're doing that in like oh.
0: a year, oh a no! I, it'll, year. I got. I'll get over it with it. Yeah. And I thought it was going to happen a couple days ago, and then. But
2: I, I get how that's a confet- Like you were we're yeah. grown men who <laughs> like, are like I'm nervous not about driving <laughs> a standard. Fourteen, car. Year, <laughs> a 14
0: year old. <laughs> and I've had lots of standard cars, and hills yeah. have never been a problem for me. So I'm sure I would do fine. But it's like when you don't quite know the sweet spot on the clutch yeah. because you've not been on a hill, then it's.
1: You guys, we, we all drive a standard or have driven. Do you guys feel a little bit like proud of yourself when someone says they don't and you're like, well, I do? And <laughs> no, it's really not. fun to do. You're not really driving. I
2: don't that. know. I, I, my first time driving a standard was like I was 35. So, okay. oh, really? I don't have. Oh that that I feel I feel for skills. those people if you haven't I'm like I, that was me. Man, you had yeah. a lot of
0: money back in the day because weren't automatics for you more expensive than standards? No, like I when you were know. a kid, my my
2: 1988 Honda Accord wasn't like a <laughs> nice wasn't... car. It just happened to be an automatic. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. my 85 <'85 laughs>
2: Chrysler minivan was a manual.
0: Really? Yeah, I've never.
2: It had the I've one sliding door. Remember mini- you know those?
1: Manual like one sliding manual. door. Yeah. Yeah. My sound system was a CD player taped to the dash with two computer speakers in the corners. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, really cool. It's awesome.
2: Uh, My confession is related to um, the NHL playoffs, hockey p- playoffs. I cheer for the Edmonton Oilers, and they are in the second round of the playoffs right now, currently game one of uh, round two. And they're, they've they been playing. We recorded this episode during the first period and some of the second, and I've actually yeah, been too guys. distracted. Yeah. So that's not – my confession isn't that. My confession is – in the first round, I watched uh, the end of a game while in bed, and Krista was sleeping beside me, and I was just quietly watching on my phone before I went to sleep and the Oilers scored to win the game, and I did an excessive amount of like fist bumps and like silent <laughs> quiet, like yeah. quiet quiet celebration, yeah, and I remember looking quickly at at Krista, like, did I wake her and being super embarrassed, like that I had done that. And then recent, more recently I watched a game at a friend's house and the Oilers had won and I was quite excited. And on the drive home by myself, (laughs) I'm listening to the post game and I'm doing fist bumps and I am now I could yell out loud. So I'm yelling in my car. Like, so it's embarrassing that I'm doing that because it's just a game. It's did anybody see you? No, I was driving on a... So somebody saw end. me
0: do a fist bump, but I was on the treadmill at the gym and I the Oilers scored while I was watching on the gym TV yeah. and I did a huge fist bump and the girl was behind me, like just like... She didn't even, couldn't even okay, tell what I was watching. That's really funny. I like that a lot. <laughs> <But I> was, <laughs> you fist bumped. I was embarrassed.
2: <laughs> Krista did hear me once. She was, she was in bed and I was downstairs and she heard me. I was trying to be, do a quiet celebration, but I clapped my hands, like one clap, <laughs> yeah. and the next morning she's like... So the Oilers go to uh, <laughs> overtime. I heard a big clap. A few minutes left. <laughs>
0: a big yeah. clap.
2: So like, it's embarrassing that I'm that into it. In what the do moment. sports do
1: to us? You know? Yeah, I like it, that there's that something wrong with it. Yourself.
2: Like, I it's a genuine confession that it's embarrassing. But my yeah. son but has not started, not do it.
1: Harvey started to ask questions like why people are so, like, we'll watch highlights and he will be like, why are they cheering so much? Like, mm. it's a game. And I'm like, well, you Nailed the question. Good <laughs> question.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, you guys have done. Re- I've, I've uh, legitimately, I felt kind of bad about tonight, like recording, and you missed your game. No. You guys were awesome. Okay. Really good. Proud Pr- of you both. probably
0: said Dry instead of McBride a couple times. times. <laughs> Speaking of being proud of you guys, mm. I'm proud of our listeners. Me, too. And they should write us emails. Yeah, we'd like more. So, harmoniousgentleman@gmail.com. at gmail.com will take all your complaints. Questions and we would love a book recommendation. Book recommendations,
2: yeah. Book recommendation guest recommendations are nice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we did
1: try to reach out to some political can- candidates, yeah. um, and heard back from a few, but never really finalized an interview. So we might not yeah. actually get there. Yeah, unfortunately. the
2: Alberta provincial election is less than a month away. Yeah, we should, yeah, let us know if we should do a political, um, yeah,
1: type a
2: episode political episode. It would have to be our next but, one, pretty much. Yeah, we've got to put that in, but. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well.
0: And uh, we love it when you do. And we'll see you at uh, our wonderful sponsor, Blind Man's Party, where yeah. our non-sponsor but kind of house band, oh. followers Years is playing. We're playing at, mm-hmm. uh, I think, 2.30 if you want to be there for the show.
2: so Cool. Yeah, And awesome. if you want to come a little bit early, you could go to uh, Cilantro and Chai for brunch. Oh, man. Grab a coffee and buy some uh buy a new skateboard deck at fifty twenty four.
0: My son Spencer has been to Spencer's store a few times. Fifty twenty four. He yeah. gets a new hat or he gets a new shirt or make a yeah. day of
1: it. Cool. In fact, I want to get a new hat for the season. Let's go. Cool. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Well I guess
0: we're gonna hit the old dusty trail. Okay. It is dusty too. It is, I know. It's smoky too. Thank you, Chris, for the work you did <laughs> during this podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Your listeners, he's putting his hand <laughs> over his heart, and I respect it, and I love it. Tyler, and my looks, heart rate, oh,
2: is at fifty-five BPM.
0: <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's amazing.
2: And uh,
1: no part of me is stiff <laughs>
0: or <laughs> sore.
1: <laughs> so we'll see you next time.
2: Harmony is
1: gentleness.